This is the Nomad Futurist Podcast, a podcast about the evolution of technology, society, and transformation. Connect with us, share your thoughts with us at nomadfuturist.com. Let's get this started. Here are Phil and Nabil. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Nomad Futurists, live from Honolulu, Hawaii. This is your co-host, Nabil Mahmood. I still have problems believing that we're live in Honolulu. It's true. We're here. This is your co-host, Philip Koblenz. And you have Afonso Salama, CEO of Start Campus. Afonso, thank you very much for taking the time to join us today. We've, I believe you've been trying to get you on the podcast for a while. And uh, with all the time zones that we've got to deal with, I'm glad we were able to make it happen. Yeah, in we're Hawaii. finally in the, exactly, exactly the same time. Yeah. Where, are you, yeah. where are you based? So I'm based out in Lisbon. Lisbon. So 10 hours. To go. 10 oh, hours. Of our, of our I think time. the only time this could have happened is if we all dissented in Honolulu. It had to be in Honolulu. Yeah, there you go. Or Belamora. Trying to find, I'm trying to, I, I was, I've been looking through the conference to see if anybody has had a longer traveling journey. I was on an 11 and a half hour direct flight oh, from, from Jersey, but I mean, I it seems like it'd be yeah, easy. 25 hours. 25, 25 hours. And like three days later, by the time you land, who knows what time it is? My God. Well, you'd be surprised how much work you can do in a plane. Oh, there's there's, there's, there's no question about. It. I I was saying to, I was saying to somebody on on the way here that if I had to pick like the number one you know productivity benefit that we've had as as a culture, Wi-Fi on the plane. Yes. My God, Wi-Fi on the plane has made those trips. But no calls. Inclusive. No calls. No calls. Exactly. Which is actually better because <laughs> so now you get it. Now, I, you now get I get it. it. Exactly. Now I get it. Yeah, I'm I love this technology thing. Computing. I love it. Yeah. I love it. It's <laughs> perfect. <laughs> All right. So who are you? What do you do? So so I'm CEO of Start Campus. Start Campus is a new company. We started off late 2020, but the idea stemmed in 2019. I've been on the infrastructure space most of my life, but not on the data center industry. And I'm what you can call a power expert, a deep power expert. You can throw anything at me. Uh, we'll All right, somebody get me a plug. Long. I want to throw a plug. Uh, yeah, we, and, uh, we, we, we're going to have to do that at some point in time. Right. So let's <laughs> let's let's step it back a little bit. So what, what's your background? Did you want to be what a deep power a, expert exactly. when you were a kid? No, not directly. But when I, I went to college, I studied industrial engineering, and I then I specialized in power systems, and was excited. I was excited how networks develop, how you need to think about holistically about entire countries and entire systems to make it work and then how the small pieces to the big ones make it work. And then my career took me all over the world. So I've been, I've did projects in China and Latin and Middle East, Europe, of course, many places in Europe, in Africa. So I was lucky enough to have been exposed to all types of infrastructure that you can think of. And only later in my career, I was started to be exposed to digital infrastructure. You don't think of power so much as a network, but it's the same concept, right? Lines going to a centralized yeah. location, Indeed. lines going to individual places. So, so you're much younger than both Phil. Either that or he's aged incredibly well. It's possible. It, it, it is very possible. Yeah, the life in Lisbon, I hear, is significantly <laughs> yes. better than the life in Jersey. Or, or you know, oh, yes, yeah, so the, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. the life in Hawaii. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if Lisbon can compare. Um, as, as a kid. Did you know much about the industry? Was that even a part of what you wanted to do? To, what were your you parents? Were, were your parents in, in engineering? No, no, no. My parents had nothing to do with engineering, but I always, with everything that was around the house, I remember being seven, trying to figure out how the fridge worked. I completely ruined it. I hid under the bed for an entire day. <laughs> and then I was found out. 
but I'd love to disassemble things and reassemble them. But can you imagine and, coming and, home and the fridge is disassembled? What? So in, in this case, I don't want to one-up him, but I took a television. I took a television apart. apart. Yes, yeah. Uh, so then you could have put it. Right. I could not put it together. And though that's when they had the tube. Right. Yeah. So I remember having the first computer in my in my house and I learned everything on my own. Were you an only child? No. We're, and one, one day I, f- I found the, the command format C. <laughs> I wonder what this does. My father was. Oh my God. Well, now he's happy, isn't it? <laughs> right. Exactly. 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 You turned out good. Right. All right. So let's Did you ever like... buy them a fridge to replace it? That seemed no. like a good. He actually final... buy the stove to my mother. So, oh, so yeah, close enough. Get up. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's going 10 years afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> mommy, mommy, I will buy you a stove one day. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there you go. Now it makes sense how yeah. to power things. So exactly. There you go. All right. So take us through the journey and how you got involved in the information the technology center. in the data center space. So in 2019, I was, I mean, I, I, I would have done everything that you, you could have do, you could have done in power industries from designing full large company strategies to going to all types of power plants, grid networks, gas networks, um, roads, airports, everything you can think about in infrastructure. And I was a little bit board because at the given point or oh, everything starts with something to be the same but there was something that was nagging me because i was seeing two trends which are unstoppable the first trend it's a power trend where you can see coal plants old gas plants and even nuclear power plants are going to disappear eventually they will disappear there's a comeback of nuclear in the us and that could be a, a separate debate but they will eventually disappear. And if you take out the ballooning bit, you actually have some really hardcore infrastructure, really, really good. They're difficult to replicate. Very difficult to replicate because the entire systems were built around those. The entire power grid was built around these, these mammoths. And you took them out, you spoke with power people, they'll say, oh no, biomass, biomass. They, oh, it's you, you've seen it through. So I, I Breaking news, biomass like, is not a thing. Honestly, we've just broken. It's, and then you have another trend, which if you look at the behavior of most hyperscalers, they're going bigger and bigger. And if they want to stay competitive. Hence the word hyper. <laughs> and if they want to stay competitive, scale actually makes a lot of sense. There's a whole bunch of requirements to, to meet with, with that scale. And the, the two of them had, had to match. So I've mapped out close to 550 sites in Europe where this strategy could work. And I've selected 12 of them, which were really, really good ones. Which, and these are these are power plants that have already... Power plants are similar infrastructure. Right. Which are have a death warrant. <laughs> you, you see the writing on the wall. Exactly. So you can reuse a lot of those facilities to power that is essential. So you're basically recycling. Yes, it's circular economy Reaper. at its best. If you look at, the, at these facilities and that there's just the mere waste of what goes when you dismantle them, it's just insane. It's just insane. Do they know they're they're dying? Like, do you have to sometimes convince these people that, you know, they, they have a, a short lifespan left? Depends. Some of them, they don't know. They have no clue. And they think that they still have, they can still do something about it. Hence, biomass keeps coming. But others, for them, is a huge problem. And they need someone to sort it out. Right. I mean, they, they, they might know that they have to, like, stop. 
but I guess that's a pretty expensive problem to have, right? Because exactly, you can't just exactly. you can't just walk away. And you need and you need to think as well. Given these mammoths, they've generated entire ecosystems around them. So you have a lot of people employed by these power plants. I mean, power plants by no means employ as much as offices that occupy the same footprint, but they do employ much less people than a data center in the same with the same footprint. Much much less. So on our on our facility alone, we're expecting to employ between seven and twelve hundred people. It's quite a large campus, and the power plants employed two. So whole speech that data centers do not trade off. No, right. it depends on where you're coming. It's all about context, yeah. right? Exactly. exactly. So walk us through your journey. Like, I mean, I see that you were at Deloitte, you were an analyst, and that was a significant part of your early part of your career. So you graduated. Actually, actually, Deloitte was a very small stint. So I've stayed a lot on, on the investment banking side. I started out covering real estate. and I, So you, you graduate with an industrial engineering degree. And then you and go you into an, finance, financial analysts. They love engineers, thing, right? They love engineers. Yes. You're unique, right? That's you not. have the analytical and analytical And you could probably concept. learn how to use the spreadsheets. It's perfect. That's pretty easy. Yeah, just <laughs> move, move the decimal point over. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so I've started investment banking and I started on a on an interesting on an interesting time because I was covering real estate during a boom cycle in Iberia. And then I Oh, the big got, Iberian real estate boom. Who hasn't? And then I don't total think crash. I, Americans have the slightest idea where <laughs> Iberia is. When, when, no, no, when no. is that? When, well, when was that? Boom, boom and bust cycles in real estate are common. Sure. But surviving them and going through them, it's a learning experience. So what year was that? So that was 2004. Okay. So and right before we were getting into the bust for right. us, yeah. But as as someone who's helping companies navigate through their strategy, you can actually, doesn't matter if you're on the boom or the bust cycle, you're always employed. Right, right. Always employed. <laughs> it's just a matter of what is it, what problem you need to solve. And it was eye-opening to see to see how people behave on boom and bust cycles and how to navigate through those complex I always say I always say a big part of what what I do that people would be surprised by is is how much of whether it's on the operation side or the sales side is psychology. Yeah, exactly. So it's, uh, well, it's, it's it's nice to hear that. It's I think the most interesting phone call I ever received was at 4 a.m. from a CEO of a company calling us. We were still in the office working and he called us said guys we I really need to know do I need to declare that we're bankrupt tomorrow or not? Because there's a legal li- liability on it. Mm-hmm, and right. he was foreign apart because he didn't want to see his company go under, but he had to report it as soon as possible. Otherwise, he would have serious legal implications. Right. So 4 a.m. said, we just, we just finished. We can save your company. You don't need to declare it tomorrow. And then we start the whole process and the company is still thriving. Oh, that's excellent. Yeah. So... Being the finance we should guy. That guy. We should exactly. That guy. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that call at four a.m. in the morning? How did then, you feel? And then I passed through to to the energy side, which was my passion when I was studying, and that that has been amazing. That has been an amazing ride from modeling entire power systems. I actually did power models that forecasted power prices on an hourly basis for periods of over thirty years. Helped strategize on how you you play with your assets system wide. Could tell you say, oh, company X. Okay, you're 
you will fail under these these conditions unless you start doing this. That was interesting. Are those things that they assigned you to do, or is it, did you have to come up no, with like unique fun. ways to? No, unique well, obviously, ways. yeah. No, no, no. But it's not like there's a guidebook of how to model no. energy usage for dummies. No, you need to. You need to think it through. It's there are a lot of people modeling it. Most of them make it a black box so that you cannot replicate. But once you understand the principles, you can actually do it. And then it's a matter of running scenarios and seeing how things will play out. That helped me gain very specific insights on how energy prices behave, how they're formed, who who has the best strategies, and but also to help develop a couple of strategies. Given point, I was sick of I was sick of just giving advice how other people should run their business and how I need something with. Right. How, how is that transition like? I mean, I mean, it's a big decision when you have a steady paycheck, that's right. really what they call Some it. We haven't got one right. in a long time. How is that transition from being in the corporate world and having that steady income or that role that's not constantly changing to being an entrepreneur? It's, well, I'm loving it, to, to be very blunt. I'm loving it, but it's, I think it's, it's naive to think that's a single person journey. And if you think that you're about to conquer the world and only you have the vision and only you can do it, forget it. You'll fail greatly. There, I managed to, to meet some incredible people along my, along, alongside my career who've supported me a lot on this transition. And I went to them. I said, I've always been on, I've always been on, on the driver's seat. I've been advising advising companies to be on the driver's seat is a totally different role. How do I transition? So I went to a couple of my mentors. I asked, I asked for them for their help. I actually have some very supportive shareholders. Actually, that's how I got to them because they, they promised me, we'll give you a platform. We'll help you set up a platform. You have all of these advisors to help you set up your shop. It's been very rewarding experience. I think the I, I'm just thinking in my head, right? You're 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 you you receive this four a.m. phone call from the CEO. <laughs> Am I going to go under or not? Like, guy, I can't even imagine the stress that guy was under, right? And you and in the back of your head, you're like, you know what? I want to be. I want to be that guy. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do do I want to be making that call for him? Now now you're that guy. Now you're that guy. Very different. Very different. So, 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 so define the feelings if you can, like receiving that call or making that call. I mean, that's, that's a good one. I haven't thought about that one yet. Um, I guess in that, in that case, you'd be, you'd rather be the one giving advice probably than the one. As much as you, know, right? <laughs> I mean, you can detach and, and there's an important lesson there, which is when you are in the driver's seat, especially when you're on tremendous stress. You need to know how, how sane are you to make some judgments, right? Who are you going to ask advice? Who, who do you trust that can be independently and unbiased to help you make the right, the right call? Because, and that's, again, it's all about human psych- psychology. You always think you can do it, but when you're in a tremendous amount of stress, your judgment is impaired. Of course. You need the first one to recognize that, otherwise we'll make the right, the wrong call. Right. And, but you also have to surround yourself with people that you exactly. can talk to, right? I think everyone is, people tend to do a couple of things, right? Again, the, the lessons of psychology, I think they, they tend to internal problems because they don't want to show, we've been trained as a society that professionally you always have to be killing it or crushing it. And you don't want to share that vulnerability. You don't want to say that 
you know, maybe a decision I made wasn't so great because, you know, that's that you take that as a loss as opposed to what Nabil says about failure, which is? First attempt in learning. First attempt yeah, yeah. in learning. You know, so I think those that don't recognize that, you know, failure is just a, it's a, it's just a small deviation from success. And, you know, what, what makes us who we are is how we handle failure. It's easy to handle success. That's, that's easy. Most of the time it's luck. So, yeah, you know. But, but you said something, which is, which is true, which surround yourself with the right people. You're bound to, to make wrong call. You're bound to do. I was actually having a debate this morning about how different European culture is from the US. In the US, there's this single person myth. You, you want heroes, you want those heroes who are failing. And that's total, I can say, it's total crap. It's rubbish. It's yeah, total it's rubbish. You're so European, rubbish, yeah. crap. It's so, <laughs> it's such shit. I want to be the American on this. It's but, me, myself, and I. <laughs> but, um, and you look at successful companies, successful companies are always the same thing. The CEO is the first among equals. And you need to find who those equals are. Who are the people that you trust that will challenge you? And if you're doing something wrong, they say, you need, you're, you're totally off. Right. And if you don't, if you don't trust that you have those people, how to be successful. Right. And that's yeah. why, you know, you don't want to surround yourself with yes men. So many. Oh, well, God. I think so. I mean, that, that, and that women... gets into a whole, a whole conversation around the lines of the American culture versus the European culture. There's a respect factor of being team members and, you know, you're contributing and you're part of a group, exactly. right? You're going to try to win it together. And like you said earlier, in the American culture, it's me, 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 me. And how am I going to monetize? I mean, American companies versus European companies, you know, the CEOs out here of multinationals are printing dollars when they can't pay or don't want to pay their core employees. Whereas, you know, the European culture is very much about taking care of each other, nurturing, growing together, and the concept of holiday, right? You take time off. That It's bloody killed me in living in America not once but twice. So Third time's a charm. The, uh, well, you, you know that in, in investment, at least when I was in London, there was, you were, it was mandatory for you to take two weeks off every year and you cannot connect. And that's, that's legal because given that you're in such a sensitive job, they want you to be disconnected from anything. So if you're doing anything that it's work related, I, mean, I think it's, it, it's true. Place, I mean, I think, I think, I think, I think Americans in general, I think in industry in America from the founding times has always been about, you know, treat the people, the, the people like cattle and they're just robots. And like, you know, the, the very top tier can, you know, be on vacations all the time and, and make all these decisions from a golf course and the peons, you know, don't even ask for vacation that you're allowed to have because, you know, that's a sign of weakness. No. Um, so so for people that are listening to this con conversation right now and listening to the podcast, this is not that group that's actually just vacationing out in Hawaii. Right. We're actually trying yeah. to get some work. Oh, yes, we yes, are. absolutely. This yeah. is a, a really, really difficult day at the, at the office with the, the palm trees <laughs> in the background. But the, <laughs> the one thing I, I, I want to ask is, you know, you, you, you started, you became an entrepreneur after, after working for everyone else. And obviously... From a, from a time management perspective, you know, you have to be always on. You can't just be like, I'm not coming to the office because no, to a certain extent, certain. right? It's, it's all you. Was that, was that a difficult transition, you know, with your family? Was that, is that something they had to, okay. they know me. Of? So I always been like that. Right. So I wasn't much of a change if anything got worse. But so, well, there's a couple of interesting things, which is I tell, what, what I tell my team is my goal is to make myself productive. So that the team works so well together that I'm not needed. 
of course, it's one of those goals that you will never reach. You're always striving for. What does that mean? It means that you need to have fully functional teams and you're working with all of them to get the best. And that's your job. As CEO, your job is to get the best of your team. Right, you're a coordinator. Well, it's it's, it's, right. empowering, the it's empowering them as well. Exactly. Right? Giving, I mean, you know, Steve Jobs, whatever people think of him, I think one, one of the things that's clicked with me is that the statement around the lines of he wanted to hire people that were smarter than him. Yeah, I don't, wanna, I, I, don't, I, don't want, do I don't want I don't want I don't want to hire job. people to tell them what to do. I want to hire them so they can tell me what to do. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Well, I'm actually following the same line. I do we do need that type of people. I need to be able to trust my team. It's trusting trusting the team and letting them go completely loose. Right. This is the solution. Because you can only have people that grow if you challenge them. So you need to keep on challenging. You need to understand what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You need to go you have to articulate the vision in such a way that they understand like what the roadmap is. You know, I think corporate companies, particularly in America, I mean, I, 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 I've never really worked for a big company, but the way I see it is they tend to co- compartmentalize their, their staff in a way that makes it so, you know, the, the people are always able to be replaced because you don't want to rely too much on them. So you compartmentalize them. But it also like it's it's incredibly suffocating because if you're working on something and you don't see how it fits into all of the, the puzzle pieces and you don't see the broader picture of 30,000 foot view or whatever you want to call it, it just doesn't it doesn't fulfill you as much. No, as, and that's what, you know, just the J.O.B. is right. No. And, and I think we finally the cultural tipping point with, you know, the gig economy and people, you know, in charge of their own, even the tax structure in in, in the U.S., you like you have to be your own corporation in order to be able to write off expenses and things like that. So, you know, I think people are starting to understand this concept where we're where we are the commodity. And, you know, it's a, the, the the job really should be about bringing together these independent thinkers and 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 kind of, you know, pushing them in a certain direction. Did you know what I used to say to to juniors coming to work with was think that everything you produce has your own brand. Everything you produce has your own signature. Do you want that signature to be a, to be a sin of excellency or that people can cross? Mm-hmm. Like be like, this, this is your work product, it's, right? Exactly. But, but if you don't give them, if they don't make it, if you don't make them part of it, then they won't, right? And so then, and then I would go to them and say, and you have an amazing team around you. So you have no excuses to fail. So if you're trying to do it on your own, it's like you're, imagine that you're in college. Instead of doing them alone, everyone around you to help you get the right answer. So what's your excuse to get the plus? So, so business, the, to be a successful business, it has to be like cheating on an exam. Or coordination. <laughs> All right. So what, what are some of the core initiatives you're working on these days? So we're developing the Sinus Pro which is a pretty large one. It's 495 megawatt campus. It's... To all the Bitcoin miners out there, I have your next perfect location. It's what we're developing, given that we're taking advantage of the scale of the neighboring, the coal power blend, which is being this metal. It's such an efficiency. And we have a unique horsepower strategy that makes it the most competitive location in Europe. But by a margin, by a significant margin. What, what's that margin number? That, I couldn't say, without you signing 
Chris Crick. <laughs> the- not just not just no, you, every listener. Every, every listener, listener has yeah. to, by virtue of listening to this, you're signing the NDA. When is the last time you heard a coal plant and super efficient site used in the same sentence? That's amazing. Clean coal is real. <laughs> so there was a project for a clean coal plant. I look at shit and went to the earth. <laughs> clean coal? Clean coal. Yeah. Clean coal. Don't, but pay no mind to the residue on your hands. It's, so, and that's what you're getting from Christmas. Right? <laughs> we are proving a lot of things which seem to lose to some of our clients. 24-7 renewables, delivering, offering washing, 24-7 renewables. And then that's a combination of assets that we're developing and partners that are bringing it into the project. It is the ecosystem approach. So we are working with industries to make it more efficient and take it to the next level. And you'd be surprised how many people are open to do it. And it's quite, it's, it's quite impactful. So the last, the last time I was here in DC, there was the first that we're announcing the problem. First reaction, I got too true. We don't right. believe you. That's <laughs> PowerPoint can handle everything. That was exactly the answer that we got here. Uh, one year has lapsed that people have started digging and doing the proper due diligence. And it's always rewarding when you're talking with a client and they you ain't speak with this guy, he's going to push your project. He's very big and they start trying to take it down. And all of a sudden we have this abnormal would say, oh, guys, I power. Right. Actually. Well, I mean, yeah, it's like any disruption in the space is always questioned and people try to hold it back because people don't like it. I mean, it's rare, you know, it's rare that that you get to talk about something like this that has such a positive impact environmentally, you know, and it's not just like a checkbox that that inherently people are going to be skeptical, right? But proving skeptics wrong is always the most fulfilling thing. Oh, I've been doing doing it for decades. (laughs) You know, I, I started using an expression, which is, our clients love the next that has been proven in the last 30 years. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone wants the same thing because yeah. that's how they that's how they've done it their entire lives. So, so Alfonso, where do you think the industry needs to go? What's next? What should we and our listeners be looking at or looking out for? You need more disruptive people. You need more people challenging the status quo and how things are done. There's a big legacy on exactly what you're saying. We're always done it this way. Why should it change? And if he wants, if you keep on just following the trends that were started in the 1980s, you only get marginal improvements. If you really want to make it, you need to go to first principles and rethink the entire thing. And I think part of that, part of of that probably has to do with also, you know, we have the Nomad Futures Foundation, right? Our goal, this is not a self-plug, I swear. Our goal is to try to bring in you know, different perspectives into our industry. And and now I think globally, the world is finally on the same page that we are all consumers of digital infrastructure. You know, there there's nobody that doesn't, let me say, the, the, let's say 99% of, of, of the people out there are leveraging technology in, in some way. So, you know, of those people that might not think, you know, this is the industry for them, it, the way they the, the the experience that they have in 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 their lives will probably inform some disruptive thing if they feel like like they can come in and and like use their perspective to 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 see how we can evolve. Yeah, it's 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 breaking those barriers, right? We get 
comfortable in what we do. It's the it's the routines. I mean, that's human nature. We want to have coffee at a certain time yeah, of the day and, right. and dinner at a certain time. So. But I'll leave also, um, it's not a warning. It's it's more an observation. You can call it a warning. It's okay. Yeah. It's, but I've seen power industry. I mean, it's, as you know, power, gas, utilities, these are heavily regulated industries. And the reason why they're heavily regulated was, check that history, the history books. These executives thought everything they did was stancy. And they were very coy on showcase and being transparent what effectively the, what they were doing. And that created a backlash at the highest forms of government and started the self-imposed regulation everywhere in the world. The data industry needs to understand. If the industry does not want to be regulated and heavily regulated, it needs to improve the reporting. It needs to show what they're doing and why. Transparency. You don't, well, yeah. you don't need to reveal commercial secrets. No need for that. But there's at least a level of reporting that will help you not to be regulated. Well, you're always going. I mean, we are going to be regulated. There's no. There's no going back. The, the problem is. Well, I think. Much. Well, I mean, it's 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 simple thing. What's absorbed or what goes up doesn't come down. So I think we just need to accept the fact that this is going to be a regulated industry. It's going to be probably more regulated than the financial market segment and other core vertical rest or the monkey in the room is that it's blind leading the blind who's driving the regulation. So we need to put the right people to drive those regulations that suit the business and the vertical and the, and the sector. That's where the challenge is. I mean, we got the wrong people, the politicians and personal incentives and goals that have driven these behaviors over the years and have led us to where we're at today, whereby we are basically screwing the planet. And that needs to be changed. Yeah, but look, I think if you look at the power, though, I mean, you have you have an industry there that's, you know, that's got, you know, what, 100 years, a couple hundred years, and we have a data center industry that is still fairly young. I mean, I feel like I've been in this industry for 150 years, but it's really only been, you know, the last 25 years or so of, of real and and not even that. I mean, that's 25 years of the data center industry existing. And the last what? When have we started talking about hyperscale? Is the last 10 years, maybe? So, you know, I think there's no question that those that don't learn from history are bound to repeat it. But, you know, I, I think we have to take a step back and recognize that we are so young as an industry that the fact that we, we have this unique element, right, which is cleaning up the planet actually serves to our benefit from a bottom line perspective, because energy is our highest expense mm-hmm. in, in this industry. So if we can focus on renewables and 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 make the world a better place, it also happens to benefit our bottom line. So it's well, that's something that's probably you don't know, because it's um, few people actually understand it. I mean. Where, where we are in terms of renewable targets and so on, it means power systems are going to have a serious issue, cold beam and health balances. And that's where data centers can get it. Data centers can be part of the solution of the problem. That's some of the things that we're working with. Uh, system operator, they're super happy that we're coming in. They're super happy about our scale we're working with because we really help them actually stabilize the grid. Right. I mean, that's the thing, right? Because, yeah, because it's not going to be, there's not going to be this fluctuation in terms of usage, right? But, and then what, there was a story that came out, was it last week or the week before that? I don't know if it was somewhere in the Nordics or, or, or somewhere you have a data center that's going in there and it's going to eat 
2,000 homes with the, with, yeah. with the, the, you know, the data center residuals. That, that's also right. a context issue. Yeah. So what you find in, in Europe is most of data centers have been competing against either residential or office space. So the first thing that they will tell you, data centers generate as much jobs as you advertise and competing with all these could be deploying here and you make, you make, you're on the nose. It's stupid. Right. And by the way, why is my Netflix so slow? Why we need a, we need, we need more. <laughs> I think I COVID addressed that issue. Yeah, I, I want to take a, I want to take a picture right. of what you do. Why is it wrong, not in the cloud right now? It's all working and it's your fault. Yeah. Very good. Looking back at your career and doing what you do today, anything different that you would have done? I really thought, I already thought, should I have moved earlier? But then I would miss some of the latest experience, which were so mental into what I'm doing here. I cannot say I, w- I would do anything. I mean, it has been an amazing journey and learning experience from, from since I started and all, and it's funny when you start your own business, you look back and say, okay, I'm drawing lessons from things like 15 years ago, I'm reinventing or last year and you use all of that experience into, into an adventure. And that's amazing. So a part of, you know, that whole idea of actually us sharing these trials and tribulations and journeys of people like yourself is to help the younger generation probably not make some of those mistakes that we have made. What would you tell the younger generation and help them understand the level of complexity or what they can contribute or any particular that they should focus or look into as they start getting into real life? I can say something that I, I tell everyone who comes to me and asks for career advice. And the thing is, first of all, careers are something very fungible. You, you select something, you don't expect that you're going to be doing that for the next 30 years. That's not true. It's, it well, wasn't true. Again, it used to be the mindset, right? Yes. You, you, have, you, you find a job and you do that for the rest of your life. But you'd be surprised when many people say, oh, I got this job. I will never leave with this. My life is ruined. Now I'm going to slow Right. So, no, oh, no, you will change. You will change careers. You will rethink. The most important thing that you need to bear in mind is collect skill sets. That's what you need to do and be very good at something. Be, no matter what it is, you need to find something that you're excellent on because only when you find true excellency on one axis, can you actually start deploying sideways and growing yourself as a professional. A lot of people say, no, I will try to do everything this at the same time. She not an expert. That's this field where it can really be usually it's helpful if you like it because you enjoy the ride. Be excellent and then start moving sideways, complementing your note. That's how you're going to build a successful career on anything you do. Yeah, that's very well said. I mean, that just purely fits in with what the foundation is doing. We're launching an academy and that's the whole idea to help people establish that skill set and go, not just go vertical, but be happy to think horizontally as well and learn different platforms and you know, learn from different traits. The way Phil and I talk about it, it's like we are the only industry globally or the only sector for that matter that's got so vertical. And so you can be in finance and then the next thing you know, you can be a systems engineer or you can be a network engineer or you can potentially never get into (laughs) all I heard was slow path to death. (laughs) 
Well, Paul, so thank you very much for taking the time and joining us today. This has been excellent. Really enjoyed getting to know you. And thank you for everything that you're doing to save the planet. Next stop, Lisbon. Next stop, Lisbon. You're welcome. Welcome to, to come and visit anytime you want. Seriously. Well, we love to have it. Thank you. Thank you. This has been great. Nothing lasts forever. Markets will come back. Currencies will rebound. Businesses will go on. And we'll all move on. That could happen next week, next month, or next year. I'm confident that those who prepare rather than panic will come out of this stronger. Thank you for joining us. This has been brought to you by Nomad Futurist. Check us online at nomadfuturist.com.